it's, we just need to trust God. Amen. Amen. And, and give our lives totally to him and, and just let him do his thing. And that's what we're trying to do and, and really focus on in 220 is that, that, uh, we want to have 2020 vision. Get it? 2020 vision in 2020. And, and how to do that is we, we give ourselves totally to God. And, and I challenge you guys to a time of prayer and fasting. And, and again, I, I'm going to reiterate several times, uh, if, if you're not praying while we're fasting this month, then you're just on a diet. Okay. And, and if, uh, it's important that we're praying, in other words, when we're giving something up to God that, that I'm praying that you guys will ask God what that is and that you'll give it to the Lord. And then in change, you're going to go out and pray during that time. So if I'm giving up lunch, I'm going to pray during lunch and I'm going to read my word. I'm going to seek him and I'm going to listen to him and I'm going to journal what he says and try to grow closer to him. And, and so, uh, again, not to, uh, to beg him for what he's already done, but to position ourselves into receiving what he's already done because God's already provided a way for us. And so we need to always realize that. But, but anyway, before we move into that today and talk more about that, uh, we're going to be doing the four remaining uh, uh, sermon videos, if you will, tonight, um, starting at 5 o'clock sharp. And they're 20 to 25 minutes. And guys, uh, they're just getting better and better uh, as they go. And I want to challenge you to come out and see that. Uh, this group is a bunch of churches just like us that come together and tired of the nonsense, and we're ready to make a stand for God. Uh, the group's called WCA, Wesley Covenant Association, and, and you're going to hear preachers that, that are out of this world that have words from the Lord, and, and I want to challenge you to come out. The speaker tonight was from Japan, and, and she ministers in Florida now. And man, her I guarantee you, she, what she's saying tonight's a word for our nation, and I challenge you to come out and listen to that. I know a lot of you got a lot of stuff going on and it's going to be, you know, you know, 25 times four. Uh, I would challenge you that if you need to leave early, come to what you can and slip out. Or if, like me, I've got a district meeting today at three and I don't think I'm going to be back in time. We're going to start right at five and the team's going to start everything going and I'm going to get here when I get here. And so I just challenge you to come out for what you can. But the reason that, that, that the Lord put this on my heart is this brought such a refreshing to me as your pastor when you sent me to Chicago a couple of years ago. And then again, it's also this, this last couple of months. But when I took Jim and Suzanne and Karen, my lovely wife, they got on to me last week because I didn't tell everybody they went with me. And anyway, and Bar went with us and, and we got to, to hear these people. And I kept hearing how refreshing it was for them. And that's what I'm hearing from the group that was here last week is how refreshing it was for them. And so I want to challenge you to come out for that. Um, again, our, our 21 days of fasting starts today and, and prayer and fasting, uh, January the 12th and we'll end February the 1st and we'll be followed by a time of celebration. I'm not sure what that looks like on the second. If we're going to do something Sunday night or if we'll do something during the service on that Sunday morning. But I'll be praying and seeking God on that. But, but I believe when we're doing this, that God's going to do extraordinary things in our life because we're really pressing in. And I want to share what God's doing. And so as we're going through this time, I'm already journaling what the Lord is doing each and every day. And it's been so awesome 
Sunday, last week, the service was out of this world. Eight o'clock started off good. 10.30 was out of this world. I went home and journaled, I think it was seven just miracles that I just can't talk about because it's personal, a lot of it, for different people. But miracles of God, powerful miracles. And the next day, I had seven wrote by the end of the day, but, but one of them was I got to go out to the young adult meeting the other night, and, and we had a, a wonderful time in the Lord. And, and just a move of the Spirit and, and them young gals and guys uh, praying together and praying over me, over a situation. We just had a move of the Spirit. And then Tuesday night, I went to Golden City and, and Jim and I, we set up chairs for 10 to 12. And I, I think last we looked was 26, came out uh, and just had a wonderful time. Uh, a person prophesied, prayed uh, something they didn't even know, but it was the original vision of Oakton. And they're from that area. And it's just a, a move of God that night. Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit was upon us that night. Great, great time. And then Wednesday night, come out and spoke to the youth and presented this plan to them and, and just encouraged them to participate in this 21 day of fasting. And we had a great time in the Lord and just to seeing their responses and how God was moving in them. And the Lord spoke to me on Thursday morning. Kent, you've seen a move of God in your children and youth. This week, you've seen a move of God in your young adults this week. And, and you've seen a move of God at Golden City. And, and he goes, go out to the, the Golden Agers and you're going to see it again. And so I went out to Golden Agers night, Thursday night and we had a time in the Lord. And, and a wonderful time of ministry. And, and the Lord is a part of us. And, and we can experience him really at any time we want outside of these groups even. But, but he's doing some, some great things in our body and we need to be journaling them. And then we, we need to re, be reminding ourselves of the miracles that God's doing in our life. Because guys, I think I had seven every day for three or four days without even thinking. They were just huge. But God's alive and real and, the, and the, Jesus is alive and real and his Holy Spirit is alive and real. Today, uh, the points that I'm going to talk about, I changed the sermon title to Return to Me, Awakenings the Whole Month's what I was calling it. And it's based off this book by uh, Stovall Weems. And, and we're trying to read that together as a congregation. If anybody wants to be a part of this, uh, you can join me in this. And I've got a couple of books if you guys would rather uh, get them from me. And I'll be glad to give them to you. But uh, you can order them online however you want to do it or just do it your own way. But what I want to talk about today is, is point one is seek to walk in repentance. And point two is seek God's plan for your life. And I believe that God has specific plans that, that, that are his plans. And that's what I appreciate about Teresa today, was we're centering in what God wants to do, not what we want to do. But you'll find out it's really what you want to do when you press into the Lord. He knows us better than we realize. About the 21-day awakening would be point three, recentering our lives in God. And then point four is I have a challenge for you today. Uh, another neat thing that, that really blessed me is that I always get up on Monday morning. I usually have an idea of what God wants to do, but I always first off say, God, what, you know, I want to know exactly what you want to tell the body today for this week. And even if I have preconceived ideas, Lord, I want to know for sure what you're wanting to speak to the body. And he quickly spoke to me, Second Chronicles 714. And it's right along with where we're at today. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. 
Uh, confirmation of that is our day one reading is from the awakening. You're, you're, we have a 21-day devotion that's in the back. And anyway, on page 147, and the scripture there for the reading for that day is Psalms 1, 1 through 6, or basically chapter 1 of Psalms and chapter 2. And I want to read chapter 1 of Psalms to you today. But blessed, in other words, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God, that's what blessed means here, is the man who walks in the counsel, not in the counsel of wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. That's the law of the Lord. And on his law, the word, he meditates day and night. And meditates here, and the scripture defined here means habitually, meaning a habit-forming study. We're, We're wanting to know God's word. It's a habit for us. And verse 3, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked, though, those who live in disobedience to God's word, are not so, but are like chaff, worthless and without substance. That's what chaff means. And this spot here means worthless and without substance. The wicked here means those that live in disobedience to God's word. Now, guys, I, I don't mean this mean today, but if you're living in disobedience to God's word and know it, you're walking in wickedness right now. If, if you're a believer today and you're saying, I know the word says this, but I choose to do this, that's disobedience. And, and, and the word says it's wickedness and we need to get it out. And that's why we're going to focus on repentance. The first step in revival is getting our hearts right with the Lord when we know we're out of line. And so then it goes on to say, uh, five, therefore the wicked will stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation uh, of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Father, we come to you today, and, and Lord, I just ask that that your spirit moves mightily across us today. Lord, you're begging to move across us today. Lord, I ask that our spirits are willing. Father, that we would open our heart to you today and just receive what you have for us and just listen to you and, and, and just obey you, Lord. But Father, move across this body today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing today is seeking and, and walking in repentance. In other words, humble yourself. And that's what Chronicle starts out with, humble yourself. And it turned from your wicked ways, as he says in Chronicles. But, but think about your life and examine your lives and, and, and allow God to change things in our lives that don't need to be there. Walking in repentance means to express sincere regret of one's wrongdoing. That's what we need to do as believers today when, when we know that God is showing us something in our lives that we need to change, then we need to repent and gladly change that. And that to me is the first step that a lot of times we think we get saved and, and we just stay the same. But guys, as I grow on in my relationship with the Lord, He convicts me of things and I need to repent and turn from those things and try not to do them. And I can tell you steps all through my life. I can tell you things that that I'm working on now. But we need to be willing to do this. Now, I say that a minute, and and I'm really struggling with this today. But but part of me believes that God is calling me to a TV fast. And and the reason I don't want to do it is because I'm not sure I can do it. 
And I'll get into that a little bit later. This, this 21 days is not a time of condemnation. If God calls you to do something and you struggle and you messed up, let's restart and do it the next day. And just do the best you can during this fast. But, but I believe that the Lord is truly pushing me from a TV fast. So much that yesterday during the Viking game, I leaned over to my wife and I was talking to her and I said, what do you think about fasting the TV? And she goes, well, that's not fair. The police chiefs don't play till tomorrow. <laughs> you see how we are? But then she quickly knew that wouldn't matter to me. That she probably thought that's what I brought it up for. And she goes, well, you remember LSU is playing Monday night for the national championship. And LSU is my favorite college team, along with MU. And, and, and I'm looking forward to watching that. And, and we don't want to give these things up. But I tell you, when I watch TV, it almost sickens me, the commercials. It almost sickens me. 90% of what's coming out of Hollywood is nasty wickedness. And, and I'm sick of it. But am I sick of it enough to repent and turn from it? Or am I going to keep giving in to it? It's hard, isn't it? It's hard, but when, when I see, and I avoid the global awards, but, but see this gal get up there that, that her name is Michelle Williams and, and visibly is pregnant and claims she wouldn't have won her Golden Globe Award if she didn't kill her previous child. Come on! I didn't watch the global awards because I know that evil's there and wickedness is there. But come on! And that's what I'm getting at. God is calling us to a higher level. And he's going to be showing us things in our life that will make us better. And, and yes, it may be hard to give in and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I don't need that anymore. But the Lord's reminding me that, that it's kind of like the high places. Israel always served the Lord, but, but most of the time they never got rid of the high places. And the high places were other forms of worship that they didn't want to give up. And I hope we're not that way today. God, I know you don't want me to do this, but, but Lord, I'm with you 90% of the time. Lord, don't ask for this 10%, please. When really the Lord wants that 10% because he can move more mightily in your life. Earlier, it probably didn't make sense to you, but I said that, that when you give in to God, he knows the desires of your heart. He knows you better than you know yourself. When you do that, that's when you're going to be happy. We think we know what's best for us when God really does know what's best for us. And when we just get into, into him, he's going to work us to that. You know, I threw another one out there today because uh, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago I threw this one out there. But, but the, the Disney Owl House, uh, this show tries to portray witchcraft as a positive tool to fight evil. That's similar to what, what real life witches have been promoting over the past few years. The real witches are even putting curses on our president. And, and, and are we, you know, are we, we coming against this? Or are we taking part? Oh, that's just a cartoon, Pastor. You know, I had a buddy the other night that, that kind of made me mad, but, but he's a believer. And, and he, he goes, well, yeah, Mom, Dad, they never let me listen to this music. You know, look how I am today. And I want to say, yeah, look how you are today. You didn't listen to him, did you? Or I can remember my mom wouldn't let me watch a lot of things and, and, and those things have multiplied and are 10 times as bad today. And I thank God she didn't let me listen to them then. 
But we get immune to things in our life and, and we're just like, oh, it's okay, it's don't affect me. When it's literally tearing this world apart. I don't know, maybe I'm meddling too much today. But it's, you know, are we willing to sacrifice? Knowing that, that, that out of habit, I may walk in and just turn the TV on. Just because it's plain habit. Do you realize that I put it on my Facebook site that the average American watches five hours of TV a day? And you do the math on that and do it by the month and by the year. The average American lives to 78 years old, which means the average American will watch 15 years of TV. Wow. Just think if we spent that time prayer and fasting, how it changed the world. And again, I'm not saying it's all bad, man. LSU's God's people. Minnesota's God's people, you know. Yeah, I've lost you there, did I? (laughs) But God said the wicked are like chaff. They're worthless and without substance. And a lot of people come to me, Christians come to me and feel like chaff. And then you get to talking with them, it's because of the chaff in their life. And you just say the simplest things and they just think, oh, that little thing couldn't be bothering me. When nine times out of ten that it is. But we need to repent of things that God shows us during this time of prayer and fasting. And I pray that, 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 that we're serious about this, that we're taking a time to get alone with the Lord and, and examine ourselves and, and allow Him to minister to us and allow Him to do what He wants to do in our life. The second thing is here, and well, before we leave that, is God will forgive us and restore us. We don't have to beg him. He's showing us because he loves us. He's not browbeating us. Again, guys, a fast is not condemnation. A fast isn't begging God for, for things that we want in the Old Testament. We'll get into that later, but, but they beg God for forgiveness. We've got that. We've got the forgiveness of sin. The justification of sin is Jesus Christ. God has paid the price through his son. When we go into fasting, we don't need to beg anything. We're going into fasting to just walk in, in, in and, and come alongside what God's already doing. It's already done. And we're just getting alone to, to spend more time there. So two, we seek God's plan for our life during this time. We seek God in prayer. Last week I said the, the Jeremiah 29, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and, and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. And you see both of these scriptures as a pattern there. Seek God, he'll be found. Seek God, he's going to minister to you. Seek God, he's going to build you up in the things of God. But God's number, and I'm going to rattle off some priorities that I think that the Lord has. But God's number one priority for us is our salvation. We seek God more than anything. We desire God more than anything, and we love others more than anything. We see that Peter himself, he establishes this doctrine of the few things I'm getting ready to talk about here in Acts 2.38. But Peter said, repent. That's the first thing. Baptize, water baptism, in the name of Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those are three things that, that Peter is telling the people when they come to him and said, hey, what must I do to be saved? These are three things, three doctrinal things that Peter wants the believer to work on. And I believe Christ showed him these, and we're going to get into that later too. But he's saying that, hey, focus on you getting yourself centered in the things of God, repenting and getting things out of way, centering in on him, being forgiven and washed clean, and then get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because we need the Holy Spirit to overcome these things. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, anyhow, we move on to there. Our goal as a church here is our mission in 220 is to win as many people to Christ as possible. We talked about that last week, and I challenge you to, to go back and look at last week's sermon if you didn't hear it. But we're here to win souls to Christ. But we're also here to grow closer together to Christ in our own relationships and last week we talked about how the, we're going to disciple each other and, and those that we bring in and that Christ brings in, that we're in complete unity with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and each other. We're working together to accomplish that, 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 that tie. And the word says in Psalms today, blessed are those who seek God in salvation. Blessed means fortunate, prosperous, and favored. God's priority is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord really hit me with this, is, is that a lot of people say, ah, I don't really need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When really the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just saying, hey, God, I'm selling completely out to you. And I believe it's that simple. And a lot of times we don't realize that. We're not taught the importance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we could see that Christ went to the disciples in Acts chapter 1 and he told them, hey, you don't leave home or Jerusalem without the Holy Spirit. That's how important it is. So you got salvation, water baptism, but don't leave home without the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. And he said, you guys pray and seek me and, until you're filled. And, and they did that. In Acts 2, 4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, uh, a moment here, and I I'm, I'm, I'm just want you to pray about it today. But the Lord spoke to me when I come back in here. There's a little bit of a dead spot there. And the reason there was, I think, is the, the Lord, I think the Spirit was telling me that somebody was supposed to give a tongue and interpretation. And, and they looked around and saw that Gary wasn't here and that David wasn't here and that those that usually operate in those gifts weren't here. And I may be missing this by a mile, but I felt the Lord told me that, that, that somebody was supposed to give a tongue and they didn't do it. And again, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to teach you, but, but operate in the Spirit and let God worry about whether who interprets or not. And you know what? If, if nobody interprets, we're going to be here still. And because it may be simply somebody is too scared to interpret, and it's a learning time. It doesn't mean you miss the mark. It could be anything, but don't try to read between the lines. Allow the Spirit to move through you, and you be obedient. And again, I may have missed that, but, but I really thought the Spirit told me that was a law time, not because Joel did anything wrong, not because Teresa did anything wrong, not because I did anything wrong, not because you did anything wrong. He was allowing a move of His Spirit. And that's what we're, we're wanting to happen in our lives. And so the disciples here, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And, and we must again want the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I can remember when I was saved and, 
and I drank quite a bit when I first got saved and run pretty hard. And, and anyway, I was struggling with drinking and I wasn't giving into it, but I went back to the place where I got saved or rededicated and began to ask them at the Bible study, you know, man, I'm really struggling here and, and I'm really struggling with giving back into my old ways. And, and they off the subject flat asked me, or you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Why would they ask me that? And they said, because we've taken something away and God wants to put something back. And they prayed me to be filled with the Spirit. I was filled with the Spirit that day. And I'll never forget that day. I can remember it like yesterday. And I never had a trouble with drinking again or the desire for it. But it's saying, God, I want all of you. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. I just want you. Fill me full. Whatever that means, Lord. Third priority, I believe, is his word. God prioritizes the word of God, which is Jesus. Psalms talked about his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Are we meditating on the law, on the word of God day and night? Like Jesus, we need to know the word. Because in Luke 4, Matthew 4, Satan come against him and attacked him. Jesus stood on the word. He's filled with the Holy Ghost, and he stood on the word. But you guys realize in one of those temptations, Satan himself used scripture. And, and we need to know the word in its totality. That's why I love the best speaker last week at WCA. She was saying, just don't be scripture quoters. Know what it means. Know the whole part of the Bible. Know all of it. Meditate on God's word. And the reason I say that is you're hearing all through the news right now that, that, that the United Methodist Church is divided over this LGBT issue. That's, that's hogwash. What we're divided over is the word of God. It, it's just a result. The LGBT is just a result. But there's other things that we're arguing over and don't agree on. Some don't believe that, that in, in, uh, in um, the virgin birth. Some don't believe in creation. Some believe you ought to have a choice. If you want to get in there and look at some of the progressive ideas are on choice. Guys, it's a scripture problem. You're just seeing the results of it. And we need to know the word more than anything else. We need to know the word. There's a church, and I just posted it on my Facebook between uh, services today because I glanced at it and read an article, and, and I, I found out more since then. But there's a vision church in Atlanta, Georgia, who has added a psychic medium to their staff. And this is a Pentecostal progressive church. They hired a, a, a psychic pastor. Uh, this pastor's name is Foster, and they hold a doctrinal uh, ministry from the Interdenominational Theological Seminary, wherever that's at. Her doctoral work is based on James 1.17, which says every good gift and perfect gift is from God. Hogwash. If it's sin, it's sin. Amen. It's a scriptural problem. And the church is starting to intertwine. That's why this little cartoon I was telling you about earlier, it's a bigger deal than we know. We're teaching our children to accept these things. You can't even watch a cartoon that there's not witchcraft in hardly anymore. Think about it. Satan's trying to get our, our guard down so that we accept these things. And here churches are, you know, we keep hammering the Methodist guys. It's every denomination's battle on things. And every denomination will continue because it's a scriptural problem. 
we got to find out who we are and know the word inside and out. And just to correct this person, Deuteronomy 18, 19 through 12 says, When you enter the land of your Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Get that? We're not to imitate what culture's telling us to do. We're to imitate the scripture that the Lord gives us. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire. Abortion. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices your son or daughter, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritualist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. That's scripture. So we don't stand on one scripture that every gift's perfect and from God. We take all the scripture together and we learn it. Leviticus 26 says, I'll set my face against the person who turns to mediums and spiritualists to prostitute himself by the following them. I will cut him off from his people. We need to realize these things, guys. We cannot adjust the Bible to fit our culture or to fit our lifestyles. That's what happens in society nowadays, and we got to know the Word. Our number one priority is to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Jesus said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Jesus was talking about biblical things. He wasn't telling you about what you want in your life and what you think you need. He said, you stand on anything that's in the word of God and it'll be given to you. I will bless you with those things. And so some of those things, in other words, the benefit of knowing God's word is the relief from stress. Stress. And I believe the Lord gave me and I knew it was for somebody today. And this has already ministered to somebody today, but, but we need a, a relief from life stress sometimes. And Jesus' own word says, come to me all who are weary and laboring, and, and I will give you rest. That's the power of the word. Man, God says, if I pray for rest, I can get it. Jesus wants to give me rest. Lord, your word says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, bam, and you receive a rest and a stress-free life by standing on God's word. About the healing, the woman bleeding. Man, if I could only touch his garment, I will be well, made well. Boom, she touched his garment and she's made well. Wow. Deliverance. The man that was blind. Have mercy on us, son of David. Then Jesus touched his eye and according to his faith, it was done and his eyes were open. The things of God, the things that we can find in scripture, stand on those things. The results of knowing God's word is you'll be like a man or woman planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in the season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does or she does, it will prosper. How do I know that these are priorities? You know, that's Peter's ideas in, in Acts 2.8, but, but the Lord showed me that Jesus' priorities are the same. You know, Jesus' first day of ministry following his temptation, I'll just come from Mark. He called the people to repent and believe, Mark 1.15. He called them to discipleship, Mark 1.17. He studied and taught the word on the Sabbath, 
and in, in, the, in the synagogue, church, Mark one twenty one. maybe I need to add that back in. The world's trying to steal our church, trying to steal our Sabbath, and it's important that we keep and we fight for the Sabbath, that we fight for the day of the Lord. He went on to teach about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and that Spirit of the Lord is in us, guys. The same calling that Jesus had upon his life is the same calling we have upon our life. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, what? To go tell others, to go set the captive free, to bring healing, deliverance, whatever they need in their life, according to God's Scripture. Just a note, Jesus was perfect. He didn't need salvation, but he needed the Holy Ghost. He needed God's Word. He stood on both of them for his times of temptation. But anyway, Mark 1.34 ends up, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. We too must humble ourselves, seek repentance, in other words, examine ourselves and look at things in our life that we need to adjust, focus on our salvation, focus on the Holy Ghost, focus on God's Word, and honor the Sabbath. God is calling us to a 21-day fast. I call it the awakening. And we're starting today, and it ends February the 1st. But day one of that devotion says that the title that I had declared for the service today, but return to me. It's from Joel 2.12. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, and with weeping and mourning. And guys, fasting here today, and what I'm trying to share with us is, I'm going to get into this, and be honest with you, this is straight from day one devotion of your book that that we have here. But fasting simply simplifies our lives, because as we draw closer to God, He brings our spiritual focus back in alignment with His will. It's like hitting the reset button, both spiritually and physically. As we line up with the plans God has for us, He releases His enabling grace and power to carry them out. We don't have to fast for forgiveness. Every wrong we have done and will do was forgiven at the cross. Under the old covenant, a fast of repentance is seen time and time again. But now because of the work of Jesus on the cross, things have changed. Fasting is something we do to obtain favor or forgiveness. is isn't that we do to obtain favor or forgiveness. Under the new covenant, Even wrong, every wrong we have done and will do was forgiven at the cross. And we accept Christ as our Savior. We get to celebrate the mercy freely given to us through our relationship with Him. So we're not trying to obtain favor. We're not trying to beg for forgiveness. We're not begging for all this. We're just trying to get in line where God is calling us to be, to celebrate the mercy freely given to us. Fasting is about drawing closer to God and surrendering at a deeper level. As we walk with God, there are times that we feel far from Him or disconnected. Joel's words resonate with us, even if we live in a context of grace. Return to me with all your heart. There are times we realize that though we have chosen to follow Jesus, the flame of our love for Him has grown cold. Your time spent in prayer each day of that fast can result in new riches, a rewarding connection with the Father, No matter where you are, your journey with Jesus, you can always take a step closer to him. Bill Bright said, I believe the power of fasting as it relates to prayer is a spiritual atomic bomb 
that our Lord has given us to destroy the strongholds of evil and usher in a great revival and spiritual harvest around the world. And guys, that was just, I just read the devotion for today. We just did it together. But then he challenges us to read Psalms 1 and chapter 2. But, but I want to kind of wrap things up today and just tell you a little bit. And some of you may have heard this already, but, but I found out the first service, some people don't even understand fasting. And so I want to share this today with you. And, and again, I may have shared it Monday night and different times to others. But Jesus said the believer would fast. And Jesus said to them, can the friend of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom was with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and they will fast. If you guys remember that scripture, the disciples were catching it because they weren't fasting. And Jesus just said, hey, I'm with them now, but there'll be a day that it's just my spirit in them and they will fast. They will do these things. Fasting will cleanse and bring the believer closer to God. Uh, James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And, and that's cut and dry. We've heard that through the song today, through the songs today. But it going on into the repentance, cleanse your heart, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. When we make mistakes or got things in our life that we need to change, Father, help me with that and help me to do better at that. Uh, one that I worked on in the last couple of years that I'm still working on is treating her right. And a lot of times people say, well, God's already forgiven me of the cruddy way I'm treating my wife. Well, he still wants me to say I'm sorry to her for sure. And to say, Lord, I'm wrong sometimes the way I treat my wife. Help me not to do that. I want to be Christ-like in the way I treat my wife. That's a, a, a very simple example of what I'm talking about when I say examine yourselves. Fasting fills and refills us with the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went through all the surrounding area. That was Luke 4.14. Jesus went through a 40-day fast, and he went out of that 40 days in the fast and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord will reveal himself through fasting. And this is one I really love. But as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. You know, they were fasting there as a church, as a body. And I'm glad they were because that's when the missionary journey started and, and they started ministering to the Gentile. And if most of you in here are like me, you're Gentiles and not Jewish. So you're glad that the Lord spoke to them to go save the Gentiles. It's important. And they heard him through prayer and fasting. Then after they received the call, they went to their leaders and they talked about it. Then they did another prayer and fast and sent them out. Pretty powerful, isn't it? You want to know some, uh, everybody in this room, I guarantee you, I get it all the time. I just want to know what the Lord has for me. I just need to know what to do in this situation. Uh, I just need God's intervention here. Pray and fast. He will speak to you. He will talk to you, really. Just getting alone with God in prayer, he'll speak to you even when you don't fast. But are you going to the throne? Are you going to the throne? I'm not making light of prayer. I hope you're already doing that. (laughs) I hope you're praying every day. But I'm calling the church to fast and 
as you can see in the bulletin today that I'd been praying and asking the Lord and your little tear out here. I'd been praying again. You can come back and listen to last week's sermon. I preached on all three of these things. But I've been praying and asked the Lord, what, what do you got for Oakton? I want to see 2020 vision in 2020. And, and anyway, the, the Lord told me these three, along with many, many other things. But these three, number one, go save disciple sin. Save as many souls as possible. Disciple and, and, and godly development in each and every one of us, all of us. It should be top priority, our salvation, our relationship. We're praying for covering and agreement and direction for this church. Uh, I want a covering. Uh, I think we need to have a covering. And let's pray for that direction, pray for that covering, whatever it may be. And then the third thing is paying off the, the building debt. And if I just threw a lot at you there, if you weren't here last Sunday, I talked about each and every one of them and why. And go back and listen to that and, and it'll minister to you. But I'm going to challenge you today. What are three things you are believing for? What are three things that God has put on your heart as an individual? Now, I've challenged you to do this, read this, and study this as a couple. I've challenged you to do that as a couple. But if you're not doing it as a couple, that's fine too. But, but, but as a couple, what do you need to work on individually? What is God calling you to fast? Maybe it's God, what, where, you put, where, you, where am I supposed to be at in your body? What, what's your plan for me in the church? Whatever it may be, but are you seeking God and asking him, you know, what? What for me, Lord? You may be battling something in your life, and Lord, I'm tired of this. Lord, I need answers, and I'm going to fast and pray about that specific thing this, this month. But what do you got as individuals that the Lord is pressing you to put down there? Maybe it's you're not where you need to be in the Lord, and He's wanting to refresh you and renew you and show you that, man, the funnest thing in life is to serve Him. The funnest thing in life is to lead somebody to the Lord. And, and we get our minds so caught up in these other things are fun when, man, I haven't been fulfilled until I, I, I'm living for God. That's when I was fulfilled. You can go listen to last week's sermon on that because I shared my heart on that last week. And so anyway, what is God putting on your heart? Not Pastor Kit, not your best friend, but what's God putting on your heart to pray and fast about this month? What are you going to pray about this month or fast this month to the Lord? And again, a fast without prayer is just a diet. And so we need to, to, to set aside time. If it's, you know, if it's TV, it's easy. I'm just not watching TV. And I'm going to pray and seek God during that time. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to listen to what God's telling me. And I'm going to journal. And I'm going to talk with God and really seek Him. Well, it may be something that, that it isn't a time for maybe. That you just, uh, it's just something you're wanting to give to him. I'm wanting to quit doing this. Well, you still need to set a time aside to pray and seek God for deliverance in that issue. And so again, you make sure and intertwine them. And, and let's believe again for what God's called the church to do. Let's believe what God's put on our heart to do as individuals or as couples and, and be serious about this time. Again, fasting is not a time of condemnation. Fasting isn't a time to beg God for what he's already done. <laughs> Fasting is a time of repositioning ourselves and the things of God and just getting together with him. 
just loving on him and letting him love on us. Again, when you begin to write down all the things that the Lord's doing, if you just think about each day, Lord, how did you touch my life today? And I begin to do that, and it just refreshes you to see how active the Lord is when we're aware that he's there. But the altar time today is first, if you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, we need to do that. That's the most important thing, that salvation and accepting him and living for him. If you need that today, I ask that you come up here. If you need water baptism and haven't been baptized, I challenge you that you're baptized. But one, I think that, you know, I ask everybody, everybody tells me we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of you, I want to say, well, you need a refilling. <laughs> you need a refreshing then. I don't mean that bad, but, but I'm there sometimes myself. But guys, if you had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we can come and pray about that today. Or you need a refreshing. And then the third thing is here today is, is the word, man, get in the word. Know your word. Pray that God opens that word to you. That may be something you want to put down as an individual. Maybe it you want to put down as an individual, Lord, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit, Lord, with the evidence of your gifts operating in my life. I don't know. But let's take time to pray about that. Let's take time to pray and ask God, Lord, what do you want to do during this 21 days? Because it's not about me, guys. It's about you and your relationship with the Lord. So anyway, we stand to our feet today. And Lord, uh, anything that's confusing, Lord, I ask that you clear our minds and that we understand what your goal is during this time. And Father, we just want to submit to you and allow you to move in our lives and allow you to do your thing in us. Lord, we want to go to a higher level with you, Lord, and we're wanting to give extra time for that above our normal prayer time, above our normal Bible study. But, Lord, we want to take a designated time just to press into you more. And, Lord, we ask that you lead us in that as a congregation. Father, we want your 2020 vision, clear vision, in 2020. And, Lord, we believe you're alive and well, and you're willing to, to do all these things. We just need to, to take a time and allow you to move. In Jesus' name.